Welcome to Fields of Consciousness, a podcast for consciousness conversations with your host, myself, Jeffrey Stegman. And I'm Clayton Stegman. As consciousness explorers and founders of Focus Life Force Energy, we're here to bring a holistic approach to consciousness and share practical examples of how you can take your life to the next level. In this episode, we discuss personal boundaries, starting with the physical, mental, spiritual, and we give tangible ways to implement healthy boundaries into your life. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to Fields of Consciousness. I'm glad to have you with us. In this episode, we'll discuss personal boundaries. And our expanded perspective on that includes our energetic boundaries and the effects of consciousness fields that are around us. We'll be using the body-mind, which includes emotions and spirit framework that um, we used in the biohacking three episodes. So the concept of personal boundaries in the Western world has gained popularity since the 80s. And you may have an idea of what that means for you um, and awareness and taking action on our boundaries, we believe uh, is important. And it's an important skill to create an environment for ourselves that optimizes uh, our journey of maturity and our personal evolution. So the context um, in our definition is that your own personal boundaries, establishing those and negotiating other people's personal boundaries is always within the societal sort of views, the cultural views. Societal is really the community of people, culturals, you know, the customs and beliefs of a group of people. It's in the traditions that we're part of. It's within the government. It's within business and within, uh, you know, the religious sort of, uh, environment that we may have grown up in. So personal boundaries, I'll hit this definition and um, love to discuss it with you, Clayton. Mm -hmm. so, so you could call a personal boundary an individual set of declarations that we ourselves make, describing our sense of self and our personal autonomy uh, for ourselves and others. And it is always in these contexts that we mentioned, you know, societal, cultural, traditional government, et cetera. And, um, you know, we're deciding on those boundaries. And for me, there was a great, an example for me was my father. So I was in business uh, with my father at one point, not anymore. And, um, he just has certain personality that was, you know, a little bit critical and grumpy. And when I was not watching my boundaries, I would just take that in and I would just judge myself. And um, so for me, setting those personal boundaries was a declaration that I made personally that I'm not going to let this bother me. It's his stuff. It's not mine. 
And um, that made a huge, huge change in my life. How about you, Clayton? Are there boundaries that you've personally set? Well, it feels like I'm still learning to set them, you know, (laughs) (laughs) in my late 50s. Man, if there's ever a time when you want to get your boundaries straight, it's uh, it's this day and age. Of course, this mm-hmm. is uh, we're recording this at the beginning of March, March first, twenty twenty-two, and we'll talk more about this in a little bit. But there's been a huge exercise in boundary setting in uh, Canada with the uh, the truckers' convoy, and there's one happening in the United States with the Freedom Convoy. Mm-hmm. So that's a real down-to-earth, practical experience mm-hmm. of personal boundaries in a culture. And also, uh, we get to see where we fit as, uh, fit in that as individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great example of government, you know, setting, setting boundaries with our government, where, you know, these laws come in and the people can step up and say, no, these we, we don't agree, that's crosses the line a boundary that we've that we've declared so f- physical body is another another one did you was there something else you want to say there Clayton yeah I mean uh, we're just going to talk about the uh, you know an expanded definition of boundaries um, if we're talking about a cultural boundary as it relates to just what we've discussed around um, the relationship with our government, the the constitutions and the charter of rights and freedoms that countries create, and typically it's the founding, the people who found or started that nation, that's a set of boundaries mm-hmm. that is uh, organized to create the healthiest possible nation. And so it's a little bit macro, uh, or it's more of a macro level and our personal boundaries, but mm-hmm. you know it's it's up right now, so it's a great it's a great conversation piece. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're looking at defining personal boundaries, what we what we do that's a little uh, unusual uh, is we measure the level of consciousness of uh, definitions, and uh, this definition is a little bit of a work in progress. It's it calibrates about 850 on the Hawkins map or the Hawkins scale of consciousness. We're going to go through and talk about a major distinction that we discovered in personal boundaries that took the level of consciousness, consciousness of the definition to a, to an unusually high level. Mm. So we should probably get into that, Jeff, before we get back to the physical stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, we, so in order to have a high consciousness definition of boundaries, you need to include the concept that we are directly connected to divinity mm. and that we are part of, the, part of divinity. Mm. And um, therefore, we should be respected because we're, I guess, uh, important and and that other people should be respected because they're important or they're a part of divinity. And without that foundation, we couldn't get the level of consciousness of the definition of boundaries 
above 600. Now, it doesn't mean it isn't possible. It's just we couldn't do it. So for those of you who are using uh, advanced kinesiology or muscle testing to explore truth and relate that to your own life or even relate it to a conceptual framework, um, I think that's important to consider. And once we have that premise, it's much like the, um, the Canadian and the United States constitutions. Uh, now, the U.S. says it a little clearer, I think, than the, than the Canadian constitution. Um, it's that these rights are given to us by, by divinity. They're not given mm. to us by man mm. so, uh, or humanity. So humanity or men and women can't take them away from us because they're of divine origin. Mm. And that's a fundamental part of the reason why the U.S. Constitution is um, the highest uh, constitution on the planet that I'm aware of. And the uh, calibrates around 700 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. So if, if, if you're familiar with that, you'll know what that means. If not, you can look that up. There's a lot of information on the internet. It's Dr. David Hawkins, his first book was Power Versus Force. We use that a lot in our references and in our in our bodies of work. Um, in the Canadian Constitution, sometimes they're called a little different in, in different uh, cultures. Some people call it, a, call it a Charter of Rights and Freedoms, so they call it a Constitution. Uh, the more explicit you. Uh, explain the clearer that you uh, say certain things the higher the level of truth in the in the in that document mm -hmm. and so in the united states constitution it's from what i've read and i've read both of them a few times here in the last couple of weeks um, i don't tend to i don't pretend to understand it as well as most people or maybe many people so it seems that the United States is much more ed educated about the Constitution than we are in Canada. But there is a very clear distinction about these rights are from divine origin. Mm -hmm. And um, it's interesting when you write out something, you test its level of truth with muscle testing or kinesiology and then write out something else. You can infer something in a sentence and not directly say it, but if you directly say it in a clear way, it does have a higher level of truth. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's, I think that's the foundation of what we're going to talk about today, Jeff, without recognizing mm -hmm. we're part of divinity connected to and part of divinity. Um, it's an incomplete conversation. Yeah. And that, that respect that flows from that, you know, as a piece of divinity in me and in you, you know, is compassion. Mm -hmm. So that stance of compassion for yourself, and we'll get more into what it means to be, to respect yourself, you know, because that's part of setting your own boundaries is respect for yourself. Um, but I'll, I'll, yeah, it feels like I should talk a little bit about, mm -hmm. we'll get into that, I think, next. But the physical, you know, so boundaries do include physical, our bodies. And, um, you know, from the biohacking point of view, it's, it's really, what are you taking into your body? What do you allow to come into your body? You know, 
what are you allowing to come in through what you drink, through what you eat, through what you breathe, you know, through filtering your air or whatever, that that physical boundaries um, in biohacking seems to be an important piece of that, you know, deciding what you bring in. Um, and for me, I've had to, you know, stop eating certain things. You know, it's like, okay, if I eat wheat, you know, bad things happen to me. So yeah. um, I had to set a personal boundary around that for me. And it uh, doesn't mean I don't cheat, but uh, you should pay the price later. Um, then there's the consciousness boundaries, you know. So we've, we talked about that in the mind hacking or the biohacking mind podcast that our thoughts and emotions, you know, what's coming into us, the thoughts we're having that maybe aren't our thoughts, that that's a consciousness boundary that we can, we can work on. We can recognize that's not my thought. And there's some energetic um, tools around that, Master Chow that we'll talk about later. And then, um, you know, there's kind of other, or you could call it spirit side of boundaries related to our aura, our energetic, multiple energetic bound boundaries, different bodies, boundaries. Um, and, you know, in the work we do, we've got our protocol protection that we kind of call in every time that we get together and do, do an invocation. And um, I know in d discernment, it's something you've taught me, Clayton, around discerning where those thoughts are coming from and sort of measuring whose thoughts they are. And that's an important uh, boundary tool. Yeah, there's a bumper sticker. Uh, I see it a lot around town. I don't know if there's a lot of them or I just notice it. But it says, don't believe everything you think. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the assumption is that the thought is in your head, you you thunk it or think it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, um, as, as we've gotten better at kinesiology, we, we, we measure the level of consciousness of somebody in a certain part of their life. We measure their intent towards humanity, their intent towards others. And, you know, it's very revealing when you start peeling it, humbling, for, you know, if you, if you measure yourself and you're, and you're accurate, sooner or later you're going to have a slice of humble pie. <laughs> Hopefully, with it's, it's a no weed crust, Jeff. So that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a little. We had a we had a um, a winter festival here at FLFE this this uh, last week. It's our kind of first experiment with it, and it was the sugar shack theme because sugar sugar shacks a big uh, tradition in Canada, probably in the states too, Jeff typically in Eastern Canada because there's more sugar maple trees and the, yeah. uh, and the climate's a little more oriented towards it than, than out here in British Columbia. But one of the, they had this certain kind of pie that they make and it, it was, hmm. yeah, it was great pie, but it was, it was, yeah, I paid a price. I'm still paying a price for that uh, <laughs> experiment. You know, it's like I haven't eaten wheat for months and it's like, Maybe it won't affect me this time the way it has the last 37 years, but you know, <laughs> we just, just have to check and find out. Yeah. So, well, sometimes the boundaries, uh, you know, become permeable for a little while. Well, you know, you, just need, you need to get reminded of the price of the, you know, if you haven't experienced it for three or four or six months and then it's like, wow, okay. Mm -hmm. It hasn't changed. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're talking about physical first. So we've got, uh, uh, you had the saying, was it, was it hangry, Jeff? Yeah, it's part of, <laughs> you know, this physical survival needs, you know, it's sort of self-respect, like taking care of your body, you know, taking care of your vessel. And um, for me on the physical side too, it's physical exercise and um, self-defense. So it's something that I did for years in Muay Thai. Um, you know, it's an important, it's like our body. It's just, you know, it's what we've got to work with. And that respecting ourselves is, you know, taking care of, making sure we don't get too hungry, um, that we're feeding, feeding the nutrition we need. And yeah, that, that hangry feeling, you know, okay, I'm not taking care of myself. You know, I need to step back, slow down eat something and of course dehydration's a big issue yeah so what is that de hangry dehydrangy <laughs> i'm trying to figure i'm trying to see what you said there <laughs> seems like there should be a new term because uh, that's when that's the other thing that happens i know if i'm irritated it's often dehydration and again it's taking care of the, the body and yeah. respect for respect for myself yeah, there's lots of uh, acronyms out there. Halt is another one. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Mm. You know, um, that's a popular one. It's mm -hmm. it's good to have those little cues, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, be around people. That if you have your little, your little, you know, call them. I don't know if safe words is the right, but uh, halt might not be the nicest thing to be saying to your friends all the time. But you could. Try dehydrangy. <laughs> well, that doesn't include that doesn't include lonely, but you know we'll have to butcher that a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and of course, you know, just staying safe. You know, again, respect for self. Just staying, either not going into unsafe locations, or you know, in my case, probably driving too fast or running a motorcycle too fast. So it's like taking care of those respect for self in that way. Yeah. You want to enjoy your life and enjoy your body and, you know, maybe eating wheat for us isn't all that bad once in a while as a reminder, it just depends the price you pay. So it's this dance we do between uh, enjoying life and, and not, doing things that cause you to not enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and be alive to, uh, to tell the tale. Mm -hmm. When I like this, you know, including divinity into this, that we're a piece of divinity, that what's the purpose then for life, you know, so respect for self, why, you know, because we have some purpose here, right? We have some, evolutionary, you know, path that we're on. So we take care of ourselves so that we can evolve and become more mature, more adult-like in all parts of our lives and, you know, achieve our spiritual potential, you could say. Yeah. So if we're talking about the, the U.S. Constitution and what is the, so we, we use this concept in our conversations and our research a lot, Jeff called the tipping point or the critical factor, more the critical factor. It's where you can put the least amount of effort in 
and get the most amount of gain. And the tipping point can be someplace where you put an extraordinary amount of effort in and get a little gain and, and, it's, and mm-hmm. it's worth it. So when we're measuring the level of consciousness of a document, uh, particularly the U.S. Constitution in this case, when we change the, the, the sentence, um, the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness, to the pursuit of life, liberty, and enlightenment, assuming mm-hmm. that the level of consciousness of enlightenment is related to, we would say, the Hawkins map of, of consciousness or the Hawkins scale of consciousness, where there is an enlightenment range in terms of the experience that we're having that's measured on that scale through uh, kinesiology or mm-hmm. muscle testing. Um, the level of consciousness of the U.S. Constitution went from 700 to 850. And that's, mm-hmm. that was the critical factor that we could find. Mm-hmm. So this ties back to personal boundaries. Because if you don't respect yourself as a part of divinity and other people as a part of divinity, and if you don't have a perspective that the purpose of your life is to achieve and sustain enlightenment, which could have been interpreted as happiness on the part of the uh, founders of the Constitution, uh, then it seems to be another part of incompleteness in terms of how we relate to the world, which is, which mm-hmm. is really our boundaries. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we sort of take that for almost granted in our conversations because it's just a fundamental part of how we organize our life and how we plan mm-hmm. things. I mean, there's times when we just aren't as busy because we want to focus on our consciousness and not on the business. And that's just, mm-hmm. you know, that's the, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just the reality of our, our values. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for us, that, that path of, of evolution, you know, towards enlightenment, you could say is, is um, increasing freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that really does come into boundaries. Like, you know, what does freedom mean for you? Um, so it could, you know, could be freedom from, from domination, freedom from, um, you know, your time being taken up by somebody else. That's not your work to do. And maybe it's freedom from somebody's problems that aren't your problems. You know, that respect from others is, you know, setting that personal boundaries around physical, you know, where you are in physical space. Um, But also that mental and emotional peace, respect for our evolutionary path and respect for the other person's path, personal development path that, you know, they are where they are there. It's their stuff. I don't have to take it on, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think, and having other, having that respect from someone else means they're not trying to make it your problem. You know, they know it's their work to do. So, um, you know, and just having that respect for that, that individual path from others and for others is, uh, seems to be core for boundaries because, um, if you're teasing that apart, like this is mine to do, mm-hmm. this is my work, this is my path, this is yours to do, this is your path. Um, yeah, that's part of the uh, the beautiful mess of living in a democracy is we've got to work these things out. And um, 
whereas in different governance systems, we're told what to believe. And if you don't believe that, if you don't believe the party line, then mm-hmm. there's a big problem. Um, and I think in our societies, um, there is a lot of personal boundaries in our governing, um, in our governance documents. When we look at uh, bringing people into the comp- company, Jeff, one of the things that we are really clear about is as long as your belief system is a, or your religion or your philosophy is based upon a love, then, mm. then that, that's okay. If, you're, mm. if your belief system is based upon hate, about uh, taking other people's you know, rights away, or being, you know, or deteriorating other people for some reason. I just don't want to use specifics, but it doesn't seem the right thing to talk about. But then it's not okay. Like there's some there's some belief systems out that are that are very prejudiced mm-hmm. against a certain you know race, creed, color, around mm-hmm. the religion, and that's a boundary we have in a company. Is you know you can believe anything you want as long as it's a belief of love and uh, mm-hmm. and respect mm-hmm. for others. We haven't really probably emphasis emphasized as much as respect for self because this whole idea of um, um, mm. respecting yourself because you're part of divinity. This is, I mean, this is only something we've really begun to uh, talk about in the last probably three or four weeks, Jeff. Yeah, and it's it's developing into a really big subject. Mm. It probably could be multiple episodes uh, around, and. Um, yeah, and in that perspective, it isn't just what we say no to. Um, it's also, you know, what's the process of working through this, you know, from this perspective of, of um, you know, my personal path to spiritual expression, someone else's. And, you know, we, we tend to put it all together, right? Mm-hmm. For us, it's not like, spirituality is over here and business is over here, you know, play is over here. It's like all mixed together. You know, there's like to, from my point of view, certainly it's all one, right? Mm -hmm. It's all, it's, it's all an expression of, of divinity. And that's, that's an, you know, maybe not someone else's view. Um, Yeah. And it's not like, you know, we haven't had the conversation several thousand times about us being part of divinity and connected to divinity but it didn't come up in this way in relation to boundaries until we started writing out the definition and we couldn't get it past a certain level of truth or a level Mm -hmm. of consciousness until we included that fact from my point of view or that perspective Mm -hmm. we'll say, we'll give some other people room to believe differently. Uh, We couldn't get the level of truth of it up past, I think it was 600. Can't remember mm-hmm. the exact details in this moment. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I'd like to expand a little bit on the boundary definitions that are, I would say, unique to the way we look at things. Um, and this goes back to the mind, body, spirit. Um, you know, we've got this mind, you know, we've talked about it in previous episodes that our thoughts are not always our thoughts and that we have thought fields coming in from societal at large, some of these categories, you know, 
cultural, societal, government. There's there's thought fields or thought, um, you know, forms coming in related to that. So so we have a consciousness boundary. So it's not just physical body. It's not just mental, or it's not just emotional. That we have a consciousness boundary. So our perspective includes that these consciousness fields are around us, all around us, all the time, and around each person there's a consciousness field. So our consciousness field is interacting with someone else's. Um, so these, all this is part of what are our boundaries around consciousness. And, you know, in the biohacking mind episode, we talked about, you know, just paying attention to thoughts and emotions that might not be ours and creating some distance from those thoughts to look at them and say, Hmm, you know, where'd that come from? And um, certainly I know you've mentioned the media and what can happen if you're watching live media, some major thought forms there. Yeah. If you watch live media, uh, you're connected to everybody else that's watching it at that time. You just have to ask yourself, that's what you want to be connected to. Part of that connection can be wonderful. If you're at a concert, uh, if you're at a certain type of sports event, you know, there's a real joy in being connected to everybody else in, a, in some kind of, you know, consciousness raising lecture or the uh, the awe and wonder of, you know, world-class world class athletes that are competing in a game or, you know, competing in the Olympics. The Olympics are going on right now. And, you know, there's some extraordinary things that people can do with their bodies. Mm -hmm. It's it's really an mm -hmm. awesome thing to, uh, to share. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's what we consider mind, which is consciousness and those consciousness boundaries around us all the time to be aware of. And then spirit, you know, we've been talking about being an aspect of divinity and in a un unique expression. Um, but we also have an energetic system that you could consider as part of our spirit, part of spirit, um, the aura and, um, you know, this energetic system is interacting, as we said, with other energetic systems. So thoughts and emotions can come through through there. Um, and then, of course, larger, larger thought forms. Um, so we're going to talk about psychic protection um, later, which is sort of a boundary in this area, the aura and, and thought form boundary. There's, there's a, a, a teacher that we've followed and have some of those as books and we'll so we'll talk about that in a little bit yeah um so we're talking about some distinctions between mental uh, physical spiritual boundaries you know we related it to sort of the governance uh, systems of our of a couple of countries just that we happen to live in the u.s and canada so we tried to relate it to that and we haven't really gone into a lot of uh, religious orientation, but um, obviously that can be the center of many people's lives. So it's a, it's a big conversation. And um, just bringing it back to the individual, um, having the boundaries related to recognizing that you're unique in the world and that you have a gift to bring to the world and to find a way to celebrate that in your life. 
Mm-hmm. And when you can find a way to, to celebrate that and appreciate your uniqueness and your gift, then there's more room for other people in your life to have that for themselves. Mm-hmm. And eventually, mm-hmm. it seems that when people evolve enough or become high enough in consciousness, that what they want for themselves is what they want for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, and that's the traditional, probably religious concept of seeing the family as a universal family where mm. you indeed love your yourself and, and your own family. And then that grows over time. Um, it's interesting when you get into kinesiology and you start to measure the level of consciousness of people's intent towards uh, humanity and the planet and creation in general. And people that create extraordinary things that sustain themselves typically do it out of love for something. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, the one that's coming to mind for me right now is, um, you know, Elon Musk has a lot of attention in the world and rightly so he's created some extraordinary things Mm -hmm. and part of his power at least from the perspective that I have in measuring consciousness is his intent towards humanity is unusually high. In fact, it's extraordinarily Mm -hmm. high. So whatever you think of his actions, uh, his intent is to create a better world, whether that's through, um, you know, changing the, or making the transition to more sustainable energy and prophecy SpaceX and, you know, making, Humanity, a multidisciplinary species, protecting consciousness as it expressed through humans by increasing our ability to survive. Mm-hmm. That is um, related to his intent. And so uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people think that if they kind of are really selfish and work hard, they can create something great. And maybe you can for a while, but it tends mm-hmm. to end up in destruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we're, yeah, what we're talking about is the importance of setting boundaries, understanding and setting boundaries. And it is part of that exploring the, the our own individual path and it, to higher intent towards mm-hmm. yeah. those around us, you know, that intent of love uh, or higher to around it, to ourselves, to others around us, to the world, you know, like, like the example of Elon Musk you mentioned. And that personal emotional maturity path, you know, mm-hmm. and there's something about boundaries. It's like a workplace. So we explore a lot, um, businesses, spiritual path. So this personal boundary interactions, you know, in a business you're interacting, say with 30, 40, 50 people, and they're just these rubs, right? Mm-hmm. These triggers get, these buttons get pushed by someone in some situation. And their personal can be personal boundary interactions, and um, so understanding and setting personal boundaries can be important for us to understand ourselves, our triggers, and pull out those beliefs that we are unconscious about. But they, we've talked about this in the past: shadow, mm-hmm. our own shadow of things, you know, or 
beliefs about ourselves that came from our parents or from childhood trauma or things that happened. So that in those boundary interactions, when we're triggered, it's like, oh, you know, what's this? What's coming up for me? And that can be a great place to to explore. Yeah, we're sort of operating from the premise that um, having a high intent towards others and yourself, uh, understanding your shadow, if you will, or the unintegrated parts of ourselves would be a shadow definition that we, we, we work with. That's part of becoming a mature adult. And that's, and that's a boundary that is not traditionally talked about. Boundaries are a lot about no, it seems. Mm. And um, boundaries are also about yes. And it's yes to the thoughts that are going to enhance our quality of life and other people's. It's yes to the habits that we have, like eating certain foods that are going to, you know, not only gonna, we're, we're not only going to enjoy tonight, we're going to enjoy, you know, tomorrow and the next day because we're not all puffed up and, and having allergic reaction to something. Um, and for some people, no is a really powerful way to approach boundaries. And for other people, yes is a way for them to approach boundaries. So you say yes mm -hmm. to the things that enhance the quality of your life as mm -hmm. opposed to foc focusing on no. And, you know, that can change from time to time. I've found that no is really important for me at a certain stage in my life. And right now it seems to be about yes. And um, I don't think I even understand fully what that's all about, but it, it seems to be working. So, you know, you can dig, you know, if you're listening to this, you can dig around in there and see if there's something for you, but it's just an interesting way mm -hmm. to switch the relationship with boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And really, you know, probably the most important outcome of boundaries is to be at peace. Mm -hmm. You know, this, this freedom aspect of rising in consciousness that we talk about where you know, you're free from your own stories. You're free from somebody else's stories really yeah. impacting you. You're free from the government stories, the religious stories, the societal stories, because you're clear about your boundaries about it. And um, you're not letting something in that's uh, going to disturb you. You might take action because you don't agree. Hey, this violates my boundaries. Um, but you could, you could be at peace and take action as well. I mean, that, that would yes. be, yeah. You know, it seems the most mature expression of boundary, boundary uh, work would be to be at peace and, and be in joy. And yeah, it's not peace at any price. Peace typically comes with a price, and uh, mm -hmm. most people aren't born into peace. The odd person, I think, is most of us. We we earn every step. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, of, of peace up the up the you know the, mm -hmm. the stairway of uh, of our life, and it mm -hmm. typically starts with the internal work. Um, if you have a mm -hmm. really healthy you know environment at home, it seems that you get a lot of what you need. But for most of us, we've got to do mm -hmm. you know we've got to do coaching, we've got to do counseling, we've got to do group work, we've got to you know work with energetic medicine. Mm -hmm. It's uh, those boundaries are pretty porous for most of us as children. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, I just want, I do want to mention, we talked about shadow, just sometimes the flip side, the negative of things that are unconscious, um, 
about boundaries can be control and domination. Mm-hmm. So that you could use bound what you're calling boundaries to, you know, stop someone else's free speech. I don't want to hear, you know, your free speech. Um, yes. So there's just, there's something about, something to keep in mind about boundaries. Is it coming from that respect of the other, respect for yourself, respect for the, the piece of, of divinity that we are? Um, and is, you know, is there control and domination that's an underlying unconscious um, piece there? Yeah, the conversation about conscious and unconscious boundaries is really interesting. I mean, um, there is a saying in the coaching world, which I, I guess I'm still involved in. I was full-time in for 25 years. Um, if you want to know how you're doing with something, you look at the results in your life. You don't look at the story you think you have in your head. Mm. And, uh, and you, you can talk about something with maybe elegance, but the, uh, the results in your life are the reflection of what's truly inside. And mm-hmm. so if you're, uh, if you're wanting to know what your unconscious beliefs are, which is connected directly to your boundaries, you just have to look at your life. Do you have mm-hmm. loving relationships? Do you live in a place that you enjoy living in? Do you have work, joyful, well-paid work that, that you like? Uh, you know, you can go into this in a, in a lot of detail, but the point is, mm-hmm. is that there's unconscious things in all of us. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we we refer to that as, you know, the unconscious parts of us, the unintegrated parts of us are, um, we call it shadow. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you think the good life for you is to be angry and fighting and be disturbed all the time, then, you know, that's, that's your choice. And if you, if the outside part of your world is angry and violent and confrontational, then I guess you've achieved your goal. And mm-hmm. if you know, if you're, if your intent is to be at peace and, uh, support others to, and to experience, you know, the best life that they can, then if anything in your life is out of alignment with that on the outside, that's about, at least partially about you on the inside. I wouldn't say it's about you unless it's really close. Like if you have, if you're a parent and you mm-hmm. have children, you have the most control, you have the most influence over those children. Mm-hmm. So that would be, a, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, many parents that I've talked to and I'm not a parent, they say that parenting has been their greatest journey. And mm-hmm. a lot of that from what I've heard as well is it's, they get to see who they are in the reflection of their children. And mm-hmm. when they change themselves, they change their children and it's just, it's a great feedback loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's instantaneous almost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The good news is it's instantaneous and the bad news is it's, yeah, instantaneous. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and talking about a healthy boundary, so we, you know, we, there's rigid, porous, healthy boundaries. Porous, we've talked about in the past kind of energetically leaking. Mm-hmm. So that can be, you know, that's kind of back to the aura and the spirit part of boundaries is is not leaking energy. Um, and that's, I know it's something that you've worked with. Yeah, when you're vague or unclear about uh, boundaries and, and 
if you're, if you're struggling with boundaries, you typically need to go back and identify your values. And those are the things that are important to you and you get to choose those. And then beyond that, it's really hard to be clear about your boundaries unless your basic needs are met. And uh, mm-hmm. I grew up in a kind of middle-class home. So there was a lot of, a lot of the stuff is taken care of. And then when I went out on my own to try to create my own life, I didn't do a great job of taking care of the basic needs. And yeah. um, I just took it for granted. And, um, well, I was, I was, a, I don't know if it was a mistake on my part, but it was, it was a pretty painful lesson that you just don't end up in a decent place to live with, you know, a car that's safe to drive and get you around and, and decent food to eat and, uh, you know, mm. and money to educate yourself if that's what you want or, uh, or, you know, if you have a hobby, you want to enjoy that. It's just, it just doesn't happen by accident. And, um, and when you go back to, well, when you go back to trying to get your basic needs met from a place of all this abundance around you that you just didn't appreciate, that can take, years to work through and then you know it kind of messes up your values for a while you're not sure what's important i mean you do stuff that you just you know you wouldn't even thought of doing when you had all those resources around you and all of a sudden you're out of your own and depending on Mm -hmm. what support you have if you've moved a long way from home and you didn't like the story at home (laughs) you know (laughs) it's like uh, those are some hard years man you know those are Mm -hmm. those are Poorest years, I guess I hadn't thought about saying it that way, but I guess it could be poorest years. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is sometimes we get really rigid, right? That's where out of fear, you just like clamp down and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to be intimate like that. It's hard to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not letting a lot of good out in the world because you're pretty well in survival. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of advice and information and, assistance that you know it's hard to let in when there's that level of struggle Mm -hmm. yeah and getting to that peace to the healthy boundaries it's really that kind of peace being like minimal trigger triggering minimal repeated stories in your head uh minimal living in the past you know like like in your story of living living with the parents and and that 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 support that's there, but to really be your own, um, your own person, your own independent person. Um, and so boundaries, you know, we've talked about boundaries, um, you know, in a workplace where you've got the, those frictions and things happening, uh, which are great and great opportunities for evolution. And of course, friends and family, families, one of the big ones, uh, cause there's so much unconscious, shadow there that keeps arising it's like you think you're in a good relationship with your parents and then you go home for thanksgiving and it's like (laughs) it blows up (laughs) Um, so those yeah it's like um you can be uh at peace and have a good boundary relationship when you're a thousand miles away but what happens when you're in the same room you know so that again that's where the shadow arises and it's it's a great opportunity to work that through to be at peace with, with your, your family, um, when you're with them. Yeah. It doesn't seem you have to look too hard in life to find out where your boundaries are and they aren't, you know, mm-hmm. there's plenty of opportunity out there to, to see yourself in the world. 
Um, mm-hmm. So we haven't talked about, uh, you know, we kind of did the macro on the governance system of a country, uh, which is a type of boundary for all the people that live in it, right? I mean, I don't Mm -hmm. think we could ignore bound. I don't think we could ignore that in the conversation of boundaries. Mm -hmm. And then you come right down to things like, you know, having a financial plan and sticking to it as a boundary, having a dietary plan if you need to, and sticking to it as a boundary. it seems that social media these days gets more and more compelling. Maybe it's just something for, uh, for me right now, mm-hmm. but you know, mm-hmm. how do you manage your relationship with the media? You know, how many hours a day are you working? Mm-hmm. You know, can you shut it off on the weekends if you need to, or just working on the weekends? Is that a, mm-hmm. is that a yes for you? Is that a positive boundary where mm-hmm. um, you're creating something for, you know, yourself or your family or whatever it's, it's important to you and, working is what you want to do and everybody's telling you that you should live a balanced life well i don't believe in balance i believe in consciously choosing your values Mm -hmm. this balance word is it's just used as like a you know (laughs) yeah a stick for the you know for those who are lazy minded or or they just don't understand themselves well enough to know that you know, what's balanced for you isn't balanced for me. I, you know, everybody gets to choose their values and we all have them whether we're conscious or not. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, mm-hmm. I call it identifying your needs and values. I kind of call it the grind. You know, there's some things mm-hmm. in life where you have to put 10 units of effort in to get one unit of result. And that mm-hmm. applies to, you know, lots of things. It's like prepping for a meal, you know, 90% of the work is in the prep. So getting down to, you know, if, if you're struggling with boundaries, you need to go back to values. And if you don't have your basic needs met, it's hard to really figure out what's important to you. So that's, um, yeah. So that would be the sort of the process that you, I know from coaching, you had a process related to setting boundaries. You know, the first one really being res- what you just said, respect for yourself and your basic survival needs um that w- what's next after that yeah well i didn't have the piece about divinity you know respecting yourself because you're part of divinity but it was basically yeah it, if you don't uh, if if you if you can't take care of your basic needs it's hard to understand um there's na- well there's natural values and then there's chosen values right mm-hmm. so some people really enjoy being in nature like it does something to them that they don't have to go looking for that it's always been there it's like for you jeff it seems that exercise does something for you that Mm. um you know you don't have to go looking for what connects you and grounds you and and makes you feel like yourself Mm. like there's Mm. things that are just natural uh natural ways we are in the world and so for you, I see it in exercise. For me, I definitely feel it just being out in nature. It just, that just works for me. It always has. I didn't need to do a values exercise to figure that out. I just needed to be up in nature and go, wow, you know? So, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's part of the evolution of values is to recognize uh, that there's natural ones that are, you know, gifts from the divine, I suppose. And there's ones that you've got to explore. Like, mm-hmm. do you want to save 5% of your money? Do you want to save 10%? Do you want to save 20? You know, <laughs> you want to give it all away? Do you want to pretend that it doesn't really matter? You know, it's not <laughs> the most conscious value, but that would be, uh, 
Yeah, that'd be kind of a mm-hmm. down to earth example. Yeah, thanks. I mean, for me, um, I guess part of it is is um, you know what's what's bothering me. You know what what what's happening right now that's where my peace is. You know diminished somehow the joy is diminished somehow like where where finding that spot um you know making sure i'm not hangry or dehydrangry um and moving into um you know what does it tell me about my unconscious you know is there some personal work to do later um and then really looking at myself you know looking at myself there and the other person you know the respect for the other person um, and, you know, in the body side, um, you know, it's that physical separation, you know, there's sometimes you talk to someone from another culture and they're about two inches from you. Um, and it's just, it, you know, it's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking pre COVID, I guess, yeah. but, but, um, yeah. uh, now everybody's six feet apart. I'm, you know, I'm starting to get uncomfortable with that. I just want to go hug everybody. Um, and, and that's part of that physical too, is asking, you know, does someone want to hug? Um, especially, especially now, uh, that's important, but, um, is, it was one great thing about going to, uh, David Asprey's conference, like you were, you were an armband and it's, if it was a certain color, you accept hugs. You wanted to, you know, like you wanted to be hugged. It was another <laughs> color. It's like stay six feet away. Um, so it was great. You just knew you just going for the hug because you've seen the yellow wristband or the green. It was green wristband. It was red if you were six feet away, I think. So, um, but the body, the physical self-defense was the other piece, mm-hmm. you know, to really be able to, to, to carry yourself in a situation that's, you know, it's p- part, part of boundary setting. And then, you know, rec- like you said, your, what are your values, you know, sitting down and doing that writing? Like, what do I, what do I really care about at the core that I'm not going to compromise? Yeah. Yeah. To have proper values uh, and, and boundaries, you need to have what, uh, what I called in coaching. And I learned this from doing men's work is you had to have standards and terms. So standards are things like, showing up for a meeting 95% of the time, you know, you're not going to be there hundred percent, but more, maybe it's 80 or maybe it's 40% of the time and you got a problem, but uh, at least, you know, as long as everybody else doesn't matter for 20, 40% of the time you show up uh, on time. So there's standards and, um, and then there's terms. The terms are the things you, you, you never do like that is a line in the sand you make for yourself. And when you do your values work and you come up with your standards and terms or whatever the linguistic equivalent is for you, um, when you start writing down your, your standards and your terms, boy, you get challenged by life pretty quick. So um, you don't have to go looking too far for life to teach you a lesson when you start writing down your terms, the things mm-hmm. that you will not compromise under any condition. And um, yeah, those are great exercises. It's good to review them once in a while too, because things things evolve. Well, and saying those uncomfortable things that <laughs> you know, that's that's where you learn learn about the other 
the other person and about yourself. It's like, wow, I'm having a hard time seeing this boundary that I need to say. Um, I guess, you know, saying doing too many boundary changes at once might be a little bit difficult too, just because of that shadow that's underneath that unconscious, you know, some, I always like the bungee cord, you know, concept like, oh yeah, I know, I know I need to do this and you move forward and there's this like bungee cord, like pulling you back, you know, this <laughs> is the shadow the unconscious belief. So setting boundaries uh, or making changes with, you know, friends and family might be good to start small, work your way up always with uh, respect and love. Yeah. Hopefully we're starting from the inside out. That's the best way to, in my experience to do it. Um, mm -hmm. Inside out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Start from the inside out. Um, well, the inside is where we have the most power. We don't have as much influence on the outside world. Mm -hmm. um, and there's just, there's just one thing that we were talking about earlier, and I, I don't know if you have time to get into it today, but there's this idea of the stories that are still in our head that, or, the, uh, or the things we're replaying from the past that mm -hmm. lead us to, it's kind of a clue that we have an incomplete boundary there. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think Brene Brown talks about that. The story that I'm telling myself is, yeah, that's that repeated story. Um, yep. Yeah. It is definitely a clue that, that uh, we're not at peace there. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's either a boundary thing that keeps occurring over and over or that we're just not clear about our own values and our, our own stance about it. Yeah. It's just, we need to evolve through whatever that story is that's repeating in our head. And usually that involves setting a bunch of boundaries with ourselves and you know, maybe others, but start mm -hmm. on the inside. Mm -hmm. So protecting the inside, um, is this sort of energetic boundaries aura work. And, um, so we, we recommend this Master Chow Cock Sui, S-U-I. It's called, the book's called Practical Psychic Self-Defense for Home and Office. And uh, I have a copy of it here. It's, it's something I look at fairly often. Um, there is a, uh, some, some great exercises in there, and it's, the book's a little hard to find. Mm -hmm. So we can put the um, How to Create an Auric an etheric auric shield, which is the same process for a mental shield that would just kind of close your bubble, you could say, to too much incoming. So we talked about porous boundaries around energetic thought forms, consciousness um, boundaries, that this is one way to sort of tighten those up. Um, and it's... Um, it's a visualization and pranic breathing process. Uh, it's fairly simple. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes. And that's just more you'd like to say about that, Clayton. No, we were talking about that book for probably, I don't know, 10 or almost nine years or eight and a half years at FLFE. We've talked about it for years before that. So it's got to be at least 10 years. Mm -hmm. and, uh, there's other books around that one, but that's the one we keep coming back to when we talk about the psychic self-defense, it just seems to be the one we keep coming back to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just, 
what strikes me about this exercise, so you're, you're picturing this egg around you, which is really your aura, and you're asking for it to be a certain color and to sort of reflect these, these thought forms and um, that you're inside, you're completely surrounded by it. But what, what strikes me is that it's such a great example of our personal power. Mm-hmm. You know, that we can, we, we can be as porous or as healthy in our boundaries as we want. It's our choice. And these energetic boundaries, including consciousness, are really important ones that get get missed generally in the standard conversations about boundaries. But that all we need to do is visualize and ask and connect to a higher power. You know, that's part of this process. That's why it works. And um, things change. You know, you can practice this. We could put it in the show notes. Um, it could be part of the takeaway. If you'd like for today, you could, you could try this process and see what happens to your thoughts and your emotions. Yeah. I mean, psychic self-defense is a pretty subtle art. When most people are thinking about boundaries. They're talking about physical things, right? It's Mm-hmm. Who do I allow to touch me? Who do I touch? How, you know, how, there's that real base kind of level. What do I put in my body in terms of food? But then eventually you get to, you know, you're more than a physical being. You're more than just the thoughts that inhabit you from time to time. You have these other energetic components to ourselves, like typically you refer to it as the aura. And uh, I've only been able to see people's aura a few times in my life, but there's people who can read auras. And I've had people read or read my aura and tell me what's going on in my life. And that was spot on. So I have Mm. personal experience Mm. that that I, you know, if I didn't have it enough times and I I, I trust that people can do it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, I guess it's probably worth saying here that when we've done research on where our energy comes from, just raw energy, most people would think it just comes from food, and, and it does, of course. But if, uh, according to our research, about 65% of our energy comes from the air that we breathe, which is the prana, uh, which contains prana or chi, the, the air, as well as you know hydrogen, oxygen, and other you know other gases. Um, but the prana or chi, which we call life force energy as well is converted in the lungs through the alveoli and the, and the tiny nerves in the alveoli and they pull like an electrical charge out of the air. That's the way I think about it. And that, that's what energizes the body. So 65 come, 65% comes from the air that, uh, the air that we breathe. And, you know, maybe 20% comes from the uh, food and about 15% comes from the magnetic forces of the earth. And, mm. and so when we're talking about, this gentleman's body of work um, is called Master Chalk, is what I, I typically call him. Um, you know, you have you have to include. Well, let's see, say it this way: if you don't include an understanding that most of your energy comes from the air that you breathe, and and if if it's sixty five percent, and that that's what we believe, and uh, we have some evidence around that that maybe we'll get into another day. We're, we're beginning to wrap this up here. And if you don't include energizing your body through breathing, through having a conscious relationship with your breath, then you're missing the biggest potential source of energy. 
And if you're missing mm. the biggest potential source of energy, it's pretty hard to set boundaries if you don't have energy. So mm -hmm. however you get the energy, you can work on that, but you need to have enough mm -hmm. energy to just work with the, you know, just to work with the whole system. I mean, mm -hmm. being tired at the end of the day, excessively tired consistently is one of those signs, Jeff. I mean, and mm -hmm. saying this conversation, it's like, if you're tired at the end of the day, you have a boundary issue. Like if it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or feel overwhelmed. Yeah. You know, which if you're really tired or have low energy, you can feel overwhelmed, but it could also be from too much incoming, you mm -hmm. know, whether it's social media and things you're doing, but it also could be too much incoming thought forms and um, sort of psychic entry from others. If your shield is too porous, and so that's where that trying this pranic breathing, which again, brings more energy in, as you just said, and um, then visualizes it into um, a boundary, you know, a, a boundary that you could work with. But again, we, we talked about the stories we tell each other repeatedly, or tell ourselves, not each other, and we may tell others too, but, um, you know, it's a sign that we need to create a new boundary uh, or feeling that triggered that triggered feeling is more the shadow is there. It may, it may be a boundary interaction, but it might just be something you need to work on, you know, some personal development uh, piece that's now an opportunity. Um, so, you know, you could look for those places where these things are happening and, um, you know, look at, look at all the boundaries that we've talked about the mind, the body and the spirit and see, you know, first of all, are you taking care of yourself, your physical needs? You know, do you, do you feel well rested and well fed and well, well watered? You've been to the trough and, um, and then, you know, look to, to create some additional boundaries you may not have had. Yeah. There's a, there's a really important distinction and probably the process of raising our consciousness or evolving in general. And it's the distinction between being uncomfortable and being overwhelmed. Mm. I don't know anybody that's been able to change the boundaries significantly without discomfort. Mm. Sometimes, sometimes the discomfort is the discomfort of letting more good things in. And mm. uh, if you're constantly overwhelmed, that's really not, a sign of an optimal boundary setting process or a boundary changing process, in my opinion. Mm. Um, discomfort, yes, but overwhelm, that's too much. Either mm. you're trying to make too many changes at once, there's too many inputs that you don't manage well. Whatever it is for you, overwhelm is a sign of you know stepping back and slowing things down. So that's, uh, I think that's worth saying. If you're, you yeah. know, if you're working in the mental health field at all, or even with yourself or other, you know, friends or employees or spouse or children, if someone's in a state of overwhelm a lot, then that's something to really pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And give them the space. That's important. Thank you, Clayton. Well, we've got, uh, oftentimes in setting boundaries, there's different communication te techniques we can use. 
we're reading a book right now in the office. Uh, Jeff uh, Ashatosh and I have been using this. It's called Having Crucial Conversations. Mm-hmm. And um, in planning some of the conversations with the staff, uh, even the ones that are uh, that you want to have, the, the joyous ones, they're kind of crucial. So you have a format for it, which helps create a boundary. As you go through the conversation, there's a process. So you don't have to rely on just winging it or um, and having it go sideways. Um, there's a certain uh, structure for having those really important conversations that uh, that we found really helpful. And he's starting to explore, um, you know, different communication techniques like Marshall Ro- Rosenberg, nonviolent communications really popular. That one's going to take a while to include in the language. When you change your language and you start to integrate all these uh, formulas, you know, like these, like in life skills coaching, we were taught uh, when you say this, I have this feeling and the result is right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. some people would say, you know, I would appreciate it next time if you would, if you would do this, uh, you know, or I have tolerated this in the past from you. But now I'm not, you know, that's a, now I'm not. That's a pretty strong statement. You know, you want to be, you want to be really resourced in your life and really, and really clear that, you know, before you pull that one out, because then you got to back it up, right? You want to be able to, what do they say? You want to be able to write the check in the bank account for having, you know, saying that one. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, it is worth saying, it is worth mentioning that these things, sometimes they need a lot of practice. But we have these kind of phrases that open up the conversation and, or close the conversation that then you know, that helps. Yeah, I found the Crucial Conversations book to be helpful for me. Yeah. There's, there's something, uh, so that's worth, you know, recommending out there. Uh, it doesn't include the, uh, the respect for yourself and others from that piece of divinity, but it, uh, it does have some great examples of uh, boundaries and kind of conversations you can have to to just bring everybody in, you know, just to have those conversations that are difficult that really start to include everybody where, you know, the boundaries, some people may have had a boundary just by ignoring someone or just not saying anything or just leaving the room as fast as they can or avoiding them in the hallway. You know, those are boundary uh, signs where this book is really about having those conversations in a positive way that now includes that person, you know, in what you're thinking and, and, uh, helps them to move forward and helps the whole, the whole group to be just together in, uh, discovery and innovation and, you know, moving things forward. Yeah. It's, it's at least from the point of view of being an employer, it's uh, really connected to the uh, the judicious use of power because as an employer you have uh, a lot of power over employees and this is something i'm learning from you jeff is the things that i say as an employer are not taken the same way if i said the same thing to a friend it's a totally different experience than i'm saying it to an employee mm-hmm. and they you know there's there there's a lot more kind of archetypal projection upon an employer from an employee. And I'm sure I had this when I was an employee, you know, they're, 
what they're saying, if it infers that you're not going to be working at that job anymore, it affects your survival, you know? So, mm-hmm. well, until, until you give enough resource that it doesn't, but if you're pretty young, you don't have a lot of you know money or you're in a very new area, you don't have a lot of people you can ask for help or depend upon. Then somebody, you know, talking about something that you interpret as a threat to your job becomes a pretty big, you know, story in your head about your ability to survive. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I think business is a spiritual path. We can do many more episodes on that. And there, there is so much there. Um, de- and depending on where you are in the business, uh, yeah, there's t- the perspective is totally different in the language to the language that's happening. And it is, it is, it is bound, it fits into the boundary uh, category, you could say, um, in that, um, you know, we're, we're, um, how do we take in this language? How do we work with it? And what does it, what does it mean? You know? So in line with our, uh, tradition, I guess a tradition now of inviting you to take action on what you've heard today. Uh, what we found in the past is that if we've, t- if we take action on the things we've learned, they'll tend to integrate more into our lives. So our invitation for you is to take action on something that you've learned today and or something that is interesting to you or you were reminded of. Here's a couple of ideas. You could ask yourself, what are the stories you are telling yourself repeatedly and look for a boundary that might be connected to that story? So that if you change the boundary, it changes the story. You can look for a situation in your life that you feel triggered by, which brings up a lot of emotion and perhaps uh, a little more than just being uncomfortable. It might actually make you feel overwhelmed, which is the third one is just looking for areas in your life where you feel overwhelmed and see if you can reverse engineer that is the way I think uh, about it back into a boundary in your life that if you set, it would decrease the amount of overwhelm that you're feeling. You could also look at where you feel overwhelmed by too many thoughts or too many sort of emotions, um, and where you, maybe you feel your energy is leaking away, where you're feeling really tired and overwhelmed. Um, and you could try the etheric shield or thought shield practice that we have in the show notes. And that, that is more of an energetic boundary practice. So, you know, as Clayton mentioned, you could create a new boundary in one of your relationships, or you could try this etheric shield energetic boundary and see how it goes for you. So we're wrapping up today the boundary discussion. We could go probably several more episodes on this. There's a lot of aspects. It's very deep and important conversation. Uh, we're, you could say we're one boundary after another, you know, we're, we're in so many different consciousness fields, physical environments, interacting with different people. It's just all boundaries. You know, we're, we're 
a uh, very thin skin boundary in our bag of blood and organs. So the boundaries are an important part of our life and learning how to work with them is is, uh, important for us. Thanks for joining this episode of Fields of Consciousness, the podcast of Consciousness Conversations. We invite you to visit the link below the episode to experience a completely free trial of focused life force energy for 15 days. If you like, you can subscribe to the Fields of Consciousness podcast and tune in next time. We release new episodes every other week on Tuesdays at 11, 11 a.m. PST. Onward and upward. Mm-hmm.